Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 699 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, Anthea Turner will be along to make sure you keep your washing machine clean. We'll be hearing from Consul Dramatic Society all about Sleeping Beauty, their children's play for 2022. We've got Consul Village Fair on our minds as well, which is coming up on the 2nd of December. We can find out how you can get involved in that. We're hearing music from Only Child and catching up with their only member. Plus, on top of that, we're finding out about Nub. Nub TV is back, talking all about that one. And we'll be hearing about apprenticeship opportunities in the digital workplace. They're available in Birmingham. That's all on the way on the show this week. Consul Dramatic Society return with their children's play. It all gets going on the 24th of November. It is Sleeping Beauty, and I'm joined now by five of the team behind the show. Hello to you all. Hello. Hello. Right, let's let's start with some introductions, then uh, we'll work from uh, your right across, please. Was that me? <laughs> yeah, that's you. <laughs> yeah, no, so um, I'm Nathan. I'm, I'm Jackie. So you start. Oh, I'm Nathan, and I play Dogwood the Elf. <laughs> I'm Jackie, and I play Fairy Sola. And I'm Bridget, and I play Fairy Luna. Hi, I'm Tommy, and I play the Prince. And I'm Ali, and I am co-writer and director. <laughs> so uh, another amazing production. The children's play is always loved by those in the village and beyond. And it's uh, it's not pantomime, but it is something else very special. It's difficult to describe, isn't it? Well, we should call it our children. However, it's also hopefully enjoyed by adults as well. <laughs> With Sleeping Beauty this year, obviously uh, a story that many people will know, but your telling of it, based on your writing, will be a little bit different too, won't it? Yes, you're definitely getting the uh, general story of Sleeping Beauty, what people would recognise. But there's a few little characters in there who you may not recognise. And there's some comedic bits as well. Um some uh, goings on behind the scenes, that kind of thing. All the characters have different <laughs> relationships between themselves. So, uh, especially here, Dogwood the Elf. Yeah, this is it. The, the, the elf is a surprise. I wish you could say it like that, yeah. <laughs> a bearded well, elf as well, um, which is intriguing. Yes. Um, well, in the original story, um, the queen who is struggling to have a baby actually has a frog, a magical frog, who um, grants her wish. And I thought, well, let's not go with a frog. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to dress up as a frog. Let's have an elf instead. Now, we've got somebody <laughs> else just appeared. Who's just joined us, please? <laughs> this is the lovely Kerry, and she's playing our Sleeping Beauty. There we go. As I, and and yeah, Sleeping Beauty does tend to, uh, to arrive at different points in the story. It has a bit of a nap as well. So uh, it's only appropriate she turns up shortly after we start the interview. Uh, so so uh, we'll go straight to you though. What's it like being Sleeping Beauty? Tiring. <laughs> but good fun nonetheless. And uh, uh, how is it being staged? Because I've seen these staged in the round kind of before. Yes, uh, we're continuing with that. We have... we always do our children's plays uh, in the round uh, we just think it's it's nice to get the audience involved in that way they're very close to the cast 
Okay, let's let's uh, meet up uh, properly then uh, with some more of the members. Now, uh, I note that uh, when Sleeping Beauty got to sit down, it was the prince who gave up his chair for him. So that uh, we, we, in character backstage as well. It works. Uh, so uh, um, obviously, obviously, uh, Sleeping Beauty does get to have a bit of a break uh, during the middle of the show, uh, and, and and Prince obviously you got to rouse her at uh, uh, so. This is something which I assume you've been preparing for in 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 many ways. How, how have you got into the mindset for all of this? In in the well, the part of it, I'm very much like a teenager for most of it, and I've obviously I've lived through that, so I can I can get into that mindset quite easily. But then having transformed into the prince, I think it's um, as a male, you probably know, you sometimes just got to say yes, haven't you, and, and agree with what you're telling me to do. So. <laughs> Get on with it and do as you're told. That's the way we like it. Uh, Bridget, okay, come on. What's going on with you? What's 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 happening with your part? So Fairy Luna is um, the head of the fairies. We've got four fairies, each with their own different character. Um, they're basically they're part of the comedy um, with Dogwood, and Fairy Luna is in charge of them all, and she does have a pretty hard job trying to keep all the fairies in tow and stop them getting out of mischief and getting things wrong and and all of that so yeah it's, she's quite stressful she's quite so stressful. You be, but you get to be bossy which is what's fun i do yeah yeah i use okay. my teacher voice <laughs> and last but not least me <laughs> so i am uh one of one of luna's fairies and uh my character is very um She's very chill. She's kind of like a hippie, very uh, down, to work. One, down to work. Yeah, at one with Mother Earth. But if she even sniffs somebody picking a flower or anything like that, then she turns quite quickly. So <laughs> she's uh, she's very fun to play. Eco-friendly as well, then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we get all sorts of messages. As we said, it's, it's a children's play that's going to be great for the adults. I like the fact that basically you let the adults come along at kids' prices because everyone yeah. plays the same. Hoping that they all get the same experience as well. Well, this is it. And the, the adults get to be kids for the night, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is always good. Now, uh, is there a colouring competition too this year? There is a colouring competition this year. Uh, you can find it on our website. Uh, which is www.codsaldramaticsociety.co.uk. And is also is that the place for tickets? Uh, it is the yes. You can uh, you can find your tickets on our website again, or even via our ticket hotline, which is o one nine o two two six seven three two two. And prepare yourself for what really is the start of Christmas for so many families. It's going to be uh, uh, amazing to get along. Oh, can I come again this year? Am I allowed? Of course yes. you can, yes. That's good. I'm looking forward to it. And I love the way that you always spread the data as well, because it's always spread over two weeks, isn't it? Yes. Uh, so we're starting on the 24th, as you said, on the Thursday, uh, through, um, and Friday the 25th, which um, starts at 7.30. And then Saturday the 26th of November, which is, uh, we do a matinee, which is at 2.30, and a evening performance at 6.30. Then we go on to the next week, which we have the 1st, 2nd and 3rd of December. The Thursday and Friday again are at 7.30pm and the Saturday again, matinee 2.30 and evening 6.30.
Yeah, and the, this is all part of the brilliance of the Cosmos Master Society do through the year. The, the children's play is something that everybody looks forward to, and uh, you get to have a, a great time. And although you, know, you, you do some serious stuff, you do some comedy stuff, this is the one where you all get to play serious fun, isn't it, really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely still going to be our slapstick scene in there, so a little <laughs> bit of fun and mess. As soon as that tarpaulin's out, we all know we're in for a good time. <laughs> can't can't get too much mess on the on, on the uh, village hall uh, floor, which would be. Uh, <laughs> a bit, uh, but we also know the juice is coming after that as well, so that's always good. <laughs> so it's going to be brilliant. It is Cosmos Mask Society Sleeping Beauty. It is their children's play for 2022, 24th of November through until the 3rd of December. It is a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So Saturday is a 6.30 and a 2.30 and then 7.30 in the evening for the other shows, codsmatichsociety.co.uk to get your tickets. Or once again, that box office number 01902 267322. Right, you're, you're all going to be absolutely, completely mad as well, aren't you? Because you're all going to have just a, a brilliant giggle as you're part of it. It's going to be fab. Have a great time, break a leg, and we look forward to joining you for Sleeping Beauty. Thank, Thank you. you. Console will once again be making Christmas happen with their Christmas fair. Yeah, it's all down to them. That's how the magic works. It all takes place on the 2nd of December. It's a Friday night at 4 o'clock. The streets will be alive with the sound of festivity. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Louis Stowin. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm absolutely splendid and full of the joys of Christmas, even though we've still got several weeks to go. Yeah, it's a few weeks to go, uh, but still time to get involved if you want to be a stall holder, I'm going to guess. Uh, but most yep, importantly, we've got to get people down there. So what's the details? What have we got so far? Right. Now, you remember last year was the return of the event, having mm -hmm. lost 2020 to COVID. And it was absolutely spectacular last year. And I didn't think we could better that. But this year... It's going to be even more spectacular. Normally, we start getting people booking stalls around July. This year, January the 3rd, <laughs> we had our first stall booking. Would you believe it? It's and, impressive. Uh, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Last year, we, we, we I think we finished up with 48 stalls. This year, with three weeks to go, we've got 61 and we're still getting inquiries in. It's incredible. And last year we had about 4,000 visitors. There's going to be even more this year. So if you're coming, please get there early, four o'clock onwards. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'll be down there with you uh, from around four o'clock as well. We will be broadcasting live on 101.8 WCRFM. So uh, we're taking over the airwaves and and sharing what's going on. Uh, and it really just sort of enticing people into what really does make a massive start to Christmas for so many. And if you haven't been before, it is well worth it. You will have carol singers. There'll be all sorts of stalls uh, to get your Christmas gift, but also festive fare as well. If you want to just put yourself in the mood for Christmas, this is what you need to attend. Absolutely. It's become the real go-to event in South Staffordshire at Christmas time. The support has been phenomenal. The local authorities, the, the, the shopkeepers, residents of the village, everyone's involved. Um, it's, and, and food, we had good food last year. This year, I just, I met with one of my colleagues on the working group earlier this evening, and she's given me a list of the food we've got so far this year. We've got pizza, American food, Indian food, 
German bratwurst, samosas, steak and chips, fish and chips, pies, cheeses, donuts, and pancakes. So I challenge anybody <laughs> to come to this fair and go home hungry. And, uh, and But that is on top of the fact you've got all the wonderful pubs in the village as well that will also be having their fair and the opportunity to enjoy a sensible drink as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, although uh, the our event actually is between 4pm to 8pm, but the clubs and the pubs, they've all got entertainment carrying on after that. The place will be buzzing, absolutely buzzing. We've got two great bands this year. We've got a band called Lemon Twists, who are a 60s, 70s cover band, who we did have last year and they went down so well, we've asked them to come back again. Mm -hmm. And we've got the wonderful ukulele band, which is unbelievable. These are a group of people, the average age is at least 75. <laughs> and to see these people, truthfully, playing heavy rock, to 40s music on ukuleles is, is something to behold. You really have to see it to believe it. They and are so entertaining. They and will also throw in a festive tune as well, won't they? That's the thing. Oh, absolutely. They play absolutely everything. I really don't know how they do it. I think they're really quite amazing. And then, of course, we've got our street entertainers. We've got a juggler and a one-wheel one -wheel bike man who does the most amazing things. We call it his feats in the streets. It really is incredible. <laughs> and we have our town crier who will be bawling out what's going on all through the event. And maybe even taking a few festive messages as well to pass on. Well, he could be persuaded. He could be persuaded. <laughs> he could reach up 11 feet to the top of a one-wheel bike. Yes, that is the, the, the mad bit as well, isn't it? And uh, so the, the, the best part about this is it's just got such a warm feel about the whole place. It is community coming together and getting ready to celebrate Christmas. It really is. Everybody in the village is involved, whether it's pubs, shops, clubs, local authorities, councillors. Um, I hope we shall see our MP there as well. It really is everybody takes part. We reckon, although our little working group, there's only seven of us, but we reckon there's probably 300 people involved in the whole event. So it, it really brings everybody together. And of course, we've got the regulars. We've got Santa's Grotto. Come and, if you're a youngster, come and have your, your um, present from Santa, give him your wish list. And then, of course, at seven o'clock, we've got our community carols. Everybody can join in and have a sing-song. We've got the Salvation Army Band to accompany us. So, absolutely, it's a wonderful evening and everybody should be there. But yep, do come early because it's going to be busy. That's the thing. You do need to get down there nice and early. I'm looking forward to, to joining you. And uh, hopefully, we'll be in a similar position to last year and able to go around and chat with a few stallholders, too. Well, I hope you do. I mean, there'll be an awful lot of people to talk to, whether they be stallholders, organisers. There'll be police officers, there's Santa, there's lots of people to talk to. Yes, absolutely, come and talk to as many people as you can. And last year, you actually all turned out to be award winners as well. Yes, it was. Uh, Staffordshire County Council gave us an award of the Volunteer Team of the Year, which we were absolutely delighted to receive. And lo and behold, we won it again this year as well. So I'm doubly honoured. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. It is the Codsall Christmas Fair, all taking place Friday the 2nd of December, 4 o'clock through till 8 o'clock for the fair itself, but the entertainment on until the licensing allows in the rest of the pubs and bars across the wonderful village that is Codsall. Thank you for joining us. Have a brilliant time. I look forward to seeing you, and I expect you to dress up warm and wear a Santa hat. Absolutely, Jason. You've been more than welcome, and you'll be very well looked after. You might even get a hamburger or something, Buckshire. You never know. I like that idea. That food always sells it. I'll see you soon. <laughs> Good show.
Only Child have released an album to celebrate 10 years of making amazing music. Alan O'Hare joins me now to tell me more. Hello, sir. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Good to talk to you. So, uh, first of all, give us a, a bit about your roots, and uh, not only in real life, but also in music as well. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I'm a scouser, as can probably be told. There was a hint there, I could tell. Was there a hint, was there? Um, and, yeah, grew up in Liverpool, been making music since I was a teenager. Uh, was in a lot of rock and roll bands, and then decided I want to rock less and roll more as I got <laughs> older. Um and I still live in Liverpool. I have a daughter who's eight years of age, a happily married man, living just off Penny Lane, which always helps with the music and letting people know where we are. And in terms of my music life, uh, I've been in lots of bands, but it's been 10 years uh, as only child, which, as it suggests, is me solo. Although the music's not you know, just a, a guy with an acoustic guitar. It's lots of different stuff, but it's me uh, running the ship, as it were. Many layers of music. And uh, I, I know the area of Liverpool you're in very well because I lived at the halls down on Carnatic Road when I was at university, walked down Penny Lane many a time. And uh, uh, that, that was a, a place I went shopping. And uh, I lived in Wavertree as well when uh, okay. I, I, I then moved out into the real world. And I think Liverpool as a city, I mean, like, like the Midlands has got a, a great musical heritage. And uh, we're not going to have a fight because the Beatles are going to win every time. But, uh, you know, the, there are so many amazing bands. Big Dexys fan, speaking of, before we move on Midlands. Go on, okay. carry on. That's all good. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it is very much uh, something you, you kind of expected to do as a kid, aren't you? You, you? You've got to get into music because there's so many other forefathers of the city and, and mothers who've done the same. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It's um, it, it's I, I, you know, I grew up. It was either football or music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first fifteen years of my life, it was football. Um, Red or I'm, blue? I'm a blue. Um, okay. But I, but I grew up in the eighties when it was great to be a blue, you know, <laughs> because we won things and we're we're competing and blah blah blah. Um, but it was football for the first fifteen years of my life, and then you pick up a guitar and you play a chord, and that interests the girl next door, and the girl next door comes round, and you keep playing songs and. And you discover booze and you discover gigs and booze and gigs and women are so much more fun <laughs> than watching Everton draw nil, you know, nil, nil. So um, <laughs> it was football or music going around here. And I started with football and I moved into music. Uh, but, but, the, but the two combined as well. It's, a, it, you know, they're both kind of real big sp- scouse pastimes, as you say, lots of history in both. And you feel the pressure too. I remember, I say, kind of growing up, I was lucky that the team I support Everton would do well in the 80s. And so... And the other lot across the park as well, whose name we won't mention, were also doing well. <laughs> so the, the city was kind of the best of football. And then you get into music and like, OK, well, who? I like the guitar. I like, um, you know, three chords and the truth, if you like. Who's the best band at that? And everyone tells you it's the Beatles. Like, oh, they're from here, too. And maybe I'll get into the ballet. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's tricky, but it, it, for good or bad, it, it's with us here. But hey, Joe, hey, Jude hasn't held you back. You've still sort of gone on and uh, and done your thing. And there's a, you, you're celebrating 10 years uh, with uh, an amazing vinyl album release as well. And that's, that's limited edition, but the the music is available as well for everybody who doesn't have that vinyl record player, as, as we probably all should. That, that's right. Thank you. Yeah, it, it, The vinyl's a, spe- a big deal for me because kind of at the age I am growing up making music in the noughties as well, and it, it was all CDs. So every album I produced, no matter what band it is, and Only Child I've had, we're on our fourth album, various EPs before this vinyl. It's all been CDs and downloads. I'm fortunate that my audience is, is mostly middle-aged uh, men who drink real ale, and they tend to buy CDs still, which is great. <laughs> uh, and I, I include myself in that. Um, but uh, the vinyl was a big deal for me because... Uh, I'm a music fan. I'm a geek like the rest of us, and and I've always want. I, I, it's kind of the first time in my head 
um, I feel legitimised. It's a stupid thing to say because my music's been taken in, been bought by lots of people and, and taken into people's hearts. But it's something about having it on, on, in them grooves and and holding it in your hand that was a uh, was special. And I say we put four records out, and the vinyl was a perfect. The ten year anniversary was a perfect time to put them together on a, on, a, on a compilation. I think. Yeah, and I think that again, it, it's having a tangible thing to hold. I mean, CDs are great. I mean, I, I, I probably like you grew up buying vinyl. Uh, I my, my first record was John Pass and Elmo's Fire uh, on oh, wow. seven inch, and you know, it's it's it, uh, second one was Rolling Rat Rat Rapping, but we don't talk about that. That was <laughs> that's only because it's a picture disc, and it was amusing when I was. I like the honesty. I like the honesty. The, the first one is what counts, but um, you know, it, it, but music is something that, that is, is special. And uh, I from, just around the corner from you bought a copy of uh, Pele. Fair Blows of Winds for France from Penny Lane Records and uh, having wow. heard it so much on, on Radio City back in the day and yeah, there's always been great support for music by yeah, the media in, in your city and I mean we love to do that here in Wolverhampton. Yeah lot, lots of similarities in the city you know the, you were saying before about you know kind of we won't have a fight about, the, about who's, who's city's best the Midlands Man, you know even Manchester for me I, I don't see any I don't have any rivalry with Manchester Midlands Manchester Glasgow London all, all, all places you know that predominantly um, the music scene is 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 predominantly a catalyst for working class to do things, you know. It's, and... it's places with a story to tell, and yeah, and, absolutely. And it's 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 your story that you've been telling. So, which bits of your story do we look out for? Because on the vinyl, I'm going to guess there's at least one tribute to the missus and the kid. Um, you put me in trouble. Now. I was actually not. <laughs> there's, there's a whole there's a whole record, an album that came out in 2014 called From Muddy Water to Higher Ground, which the CDs have sold out, but you can still get on a band camp. Um, that was that's kind of my love record, if you like. That was my album about becoming a dad and and getting married and and being happy. But it turns out, as I think Elvis Costello said in the past, people who like your music don't like you being happy. <laughs> um, so you know, I I. I, I to put a label on it, we've got a lot of music that would would be considered protest music as well. So there's been a big mixture of stuff over the years. But on this record, um, there's lots. Of, actually, funny enough, since we're talking about Liverpool, there's lots of stuff about Liverpool, but not in the terms of isn't our city great? Isn't don't I come from a wonderful place? Look at me, you know. The, the songs about immigration on there, a song called "Accidental Englishman," a song called "Scouse," uh, which a lot of people take as a, you know a tribute to Liverpool. The song is actually a song of immigration. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's about you know the, the wonder and the beauty and the mystery that immigration can bring. And my background, you know, my name's O'Hare, uh, come from an Irish background. There's a well, song... Come on, if, if, if we're honest about it, the Liverpool accent is heavily influenced by the Irish roots that, uh, yeah, and, and the people who travelled over. I mean, it's only a short ferry ride away, isn't it? A hundred percent right. It's it's closer to, to to Belfast and Dublin and London. But the song Scouse is about that. You know, the Scouse accent only exists because of immigration, because the people from Liverpool spoke with a Lancastrian accent. Uh, before an influx of, of Irish and Welsh, you know. So, and I think everywhere is the richer for that as well. Mm, absolutely. So, the, so, the, so the songs. What, you, what you'll find out about me on there is that, um, uh, you know, Liverpool is an immigrant city. I like. I, that's where I come from. You know, it's, it's my background, and the beauty and wonder everyone loves about it. We need to take that forward with us to keep the city progressing and not not fall for this kind of you know enclosed build. Let's build walls. <laughs> I say Liverpool's always been a very welcoming city. I know that when I lived there and uh, uh, admittedly struggling to order drinks in pubs because I talk funny was a bit of a problem. And we we still, no one knows what to call a bread roll. It's a cob. But, uh, you know, it's it's those differences regionally that make it more interesting. And, you know, with the music that you've bought here uh, and they say the fact that there's there's protest songs, there's all sorts of things in there which are are going to give a bit of a rich tapestry of of, of your time making music over a decade in this guise. 
and who knows what's going to happen next? Uh, you, the, the, you could become a, a duo before you know it, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, anything can happen. But this is a very much a, a moment for you now, isn't it? And, and this vinyl is as a way of celebrating it. And whether people are coming to your music for the first time, which I have to admit I am, or whether people are, are, have been with you on the journey, uh, it, it's it's great to actually share that. And uh, is there a tour on the offing as well? Yeah, there'd be some dates in the year because I mean the, the idea of of the idea of putting it all together was to bring new people in. That that was a big thing about it. You know, my my my, my the four albums as only child had reached a certain level, and we, we do a gig every year with a string quartet um, here in Liverpool that we that we did to launch this album. And what was great about it was the new people that were there because we put this compilation together. And I guess to use the word best of or greatest misses, as I like to say, um, it it's brought new people in, you know, by, by compiling the best of the work. And, and, and that's a great thing. And yeah, the new year will have lots of, we've still got dates this year, but the new year will bring a bit more because um, I, I'm, I've started the next record. So that would, that will come with, with lots of dates around the place. Hopefully. You've started the next decade. That's what you've done. The next, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I need you for PR. That <laughs> all helps. Right. So uh, talking of PR, where do we find you online, Bandcamp names, etc., And of course, the uh, the music itself, if we want to get a physical copy. So the social media is always forward slash only child music. That's Facebook, Twitter, etc. Et Bandcamp, it's only child and the number one. And on there, you'll be able to I say all the CD copies have gone out of everything. So but you'll be able to stream um if you're uh, cheap or download if you're not um all the albums and the vinyl itself is available uh, from bandcamp uh, the only child one.bandcamp.com and our crosstown records uh so crosstownrecords.co.uk that's a label that's been set up specifically to, it's it's going to carry on but set up set up specifically to launch this record which i'm really 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 proud of and, and feel thankful for that is amazing. That's brilliant work. Okay, then. So, are we going to listen to a song from the album? Which of the compilation tracks are we going to share? Well, I always, I always talk about the only currency that counts is new music. So, there's one new song on there that that nobody would have ever heard before. It's a song called Bruce. Uh, filmed the video for it. Um, it'd be great to play that one. Bruce is. And I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan. Bruce refers to Bruce Springsteen, but the song's not really about him. The song's about uh, the things we have to cope with with the day, with the daily grind. Um, I turn to Bruce. What do you turn to? Uh, I'm on tea, to be fair. That helps me <laughs> through most things. But there we go. We all have a vice. Yours is the amazing music of the boss, so that can't be too bad. Uh, uh, I mean, Alan, keep up the good work. Thank you for joining us. We'll look more forward to more and more, and yeah, at least another nine years and a bit more from <laughs> Only Child and another vinyl album, even though maybe no one will even know what vinyl is at the day. You've got to do, do, do a cylinder next time. I think that'll be the way. Regress further. But, uh, that, 78. Thanks. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. You get about two songs on and can cut yourself as it spins around on the platen. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the music and keep up the good work, sir. Thanks for having me. Cheers. When you wake up on your own, you know how it goes. One cup of coffee, one piece of toast You wash your face, hear it echo on the sink And turn the radio on so you don't have to
girl on the air tells you about the rain You remember it all so you can do the same The wind chimes remind you of the time she got it wrong Your heart skips a beat as they play that old song And that's when you ask who do you turn to And I answer you straight, I turn to Another morning comes, you wake from a dream To an empty impression where your love used to be You clean up before dawn and now you can rest To the distance Sounds of those songs you love best And that's when you ask Who do you turn to? And I answer you straight I turn to Bruce I answer you straight I turn to Exciting before everything got broken. Shuffle to the fridge and make a meal for one. Then stare out the window as people carry on. And that's when you ask who do you turn. There are new apprenticeship opportunities available in Birmingham. Things that you would normally only have done down in London. Nice and local, all happening in the Midlands. I have some of the apprentices with me now, and also Jess Burley to tell me more. Hello. Hello. So Thank explain, you. explain the background first of all, because we sat here in the custard factory in Brum. So why are we here? What's going on? Well, we're here because the creative and media industries have experienced an explosive growth in digital 
capability requirements. Mm -hmm. And traditionally, we would have done that down in London, uh, but actually we are keen as a growing agency to recruit people from all over the country, from different backgrounds, and actually Birmingham has provided us with a brilliant location to come to as you have an explosion of creative uh, businesses coming here at the present time. Mm -hmm. And for this group, uh, we have been able to also find people that typically might have thought that they needed to go to university to come into creative and media roles. Mm -hmm. But actually with this apprenticeship, you don't need to do that. You can enter straight from school um, or you know, slightly later in life, but you don't have to have a degree to come and earn and learn at a time when having the burden of cost of a university degree probably wouldn't suit you. Yeah, because I mean, basically we're looking at being able to bring people from all over the Midlands. I mean, even into mid Wales could easily come here and not have too much travelling to do. Uh, you know, train in an hour and a bit in the morning and you're away. So it's, it's accessible, which is what counts. And what sort of courses are on offer? So you talked about digital arts and that's a, that's a wide area, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, what we're actually talking about is digital marketing writ large. So working with all of the platform players, Google, TikTok, Meta, Amazon, every platform that you would think of. Um, but the reason that this course is so important is that having surveyed um, 16 to 24 year olds, what comes out of our survey is that 85% of young people don't feel that they get the right skills from their schooling or uh, from university degrees to be able to come into the workplace and actually contribute to the digital economy. So an opportunity to do something in an area which is growing is going to get even bigger than it is now. And as much as some people may be a little bit scared of it, it's effectively going to take over our lives in many ways. So it is important to have that skill set. And it is too easy sometimes just to be a consumer when it comes to this. And, and, and this is where the work that you'll be doing with the students and say four of them we have here, that will really make a difference. Totally. And I think you know, we, we should ask the guys actually We're going to, to, we are to, about to ask them to see what they talk, To talk about what they've been doing because, yeah. the, as you rightly say, I mean, digital is no longer a segment. It's actually in, it's prevalent in all part of our lives. And in the agency world, the clients that we deal with, so people like, you know, Toyota or News Corp or more locally, National Express, just around the corner, are all grappling with how does um, their business transfer into the digital economy and how do they make money from that and grow their businesses, which is exactly what this team are all contributing to. OK, let's work our way down the line now. If you'll hand the microphone over, we can have a chat with the first of our contestants. Sorry, the first of our apprenticeships <laughs> uh, members. So uh, t first of all, tell me your name and, and, and the name of your course. My name is Sharan and I'm part of the paid social team. And what does that mean as a starting point? Is it, is it, how did you explain it to the family? I just explained to them that I decided to go into digital marketing. I'm still not sure like what like the depth of paid social is yet, but I'm starting to understand just the beginning of it yet. Like I'm working with Excel right now and just like transporting data from the platforms onto um, spreadsheets. So I'm working with platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest right now. And um, I just explained to my family that I'm going to I'm going into um, digital marketing, and I'm you know. But they know that the future is um, digital, so... But it, it, it is, in some cases, you're using some traditional IT skills yeah. there. You, you, the likes of Excel, uh, pivot tables, VLOOKUPs, and all those export fun things, CSVs, that's now your world. And it's then taking that and, and using it to, to analyse data as well, I suppose, before that CSV. It comes out of the social media and then goes back into it as a whole new product. 
Yeah, exactly. So let's move on to our, our next member of the team. Again, your name? Hello, yeah, I'm Cameron. I'm a part of the Amazon e-commerce team. So when it comes to Amazon e-commerce, obviously you, you're looking at what people are buying, I'm going to guess, and how you're going to, to market to the, uh, an audience there, which, which isn't quite captive, but it's certainly it, it, it's, it's guiding someone who's already restrained into the right places, isn't it? Because everybody wants their bit of the pie. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a particularly interesting uh, platform to be working with, working with Amazon, um, working with the various companies that have ads on Amazon, and how we kind of market and, and, uh, and for, for these businesses, you know, companies such as as Scargan and, and, and Fossil and uh, companies like that, like Diesel. Um, various different watch companies primarily and, and, and helping them advertise through Amazon. It's a really, really interesting thing and it's a, it's a massive deal as well. Yeah, and in particular as well, I suppose, because they're looking at uh, the way market trends are going and in, and in fashion that can move quite quickly, even in watches. So it, it, and when you're up against the likes of smart watches as well and, and, and seeing where that's going to be in the, in the marketplace, you need to know who you're talking to and again that's a sort of background that you don't always just get from the, the simple cookies particularly as more and more people don't allow tracking cookies on the devices so you have to find new ways of finding your audience yeah it's fantastic it's learning all kinds of very useful and transferable skills across multiple elements of digital marketing which i believe we're all learning uh, you know we all have our teams but we're all learning very transferable and very interesting skills that can you know we can use on lots of different platforms things about learning about advertising and targeting and, and cookies and stuff like that, uh, ways that we can effectively use the information we already have to, uh, you know, uh, to the best that we can with our, 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 you know, our partners and adverts and marketing and stuff like that. Okay, next in line please. Hi, my name's Natalie and I'm on the programmatic team. So what's programmatic then? So essentially it is like using an AI to buy and sell ad space. So there's a commodity out there and yeah. you've got to get the best for your people yeah. to get the ads in the right so, places. I think back in the day they used to do it manually, but um, in order to get good ad spaces quickly, um, it'd take a lot of time to do it and it was very repetitive. Mm -hmm. But I think using the AI, they do it in like 0.03, like something ridiculous. Seconds. But you still need to be an overview to it to yeah, interpret what to, the yeah. AI is, is, is reading. Yeah. So you basically, you've got a bot which goes off, looks at the world for you, reports back, yeah. buys ad space, and you then work out the best way to use that. But it, it, I suppose it has rules as well, which you'll need to, to yeah, tweak as you go along. Yeah, definitely. But I'm still, um, like, um, as I said, I'm still learning about the role. It's quite, like, I know, like, it on the surface but in, in terms of getting that breadth of knowledge I'm still trying to understand it fully because it's something that's new as well in the digital marketing yeah, because you, you'll need to understand what the bot's doing yeah. so you can allow it to go off and do it and have the confidence yeah. that it's doing what you would have done had you spent 17 times longer just looking at the exactly. first two pages exactly that so it is a, a, an exploring exercise uh, but equally so you, you're learning digital skills but you're learning the the real side of it too yeah. so unless you understand the tech you can't sort of manipulate it and, yeah. and, and move it in the direction you want. Yeah, so true. That sounds good. Okay, <laughs> on to our final member of the team who's talking to us today. Your name, please? Uh, my name is Jeevan. I'm in the paid social team. So, again, explain a bit more about that one. So, paid social is a, um, it's a difficult one because it's basically we get client creatives like advertisement like Facebook, Instagram, etc. And we basically have to put, our, put the ads in a efficient way so people can see it 
and convert. So conversions kind of depend on what the client wants. So Yeah, but I mean, when you're looking at something like Facebook, it, you've got to get them to click on the right reasons. You put a video up there, you want to know how long they've watched for, have they actually clicked on the through links? Mm. And when there's also the option to add the likes of a WhatsApp communication button, it's getting people to direct towards pressing that button and then getting themselves into the marketing machine, which is hiding behind it, but it's ultimately going to give them what they were looking for in the first place. Yeah, I mean, um, even this week now, I've started been handing reports, you know, weekly reports, and I've kind of seen this metrics and it's just really interesting to see like how certain creators kind of reach certain um, KPIs when others don't and you've got to like be very much being able to kind of change creators on the, on, on the go and like change the strategy and that's what our job is really as a paid social team yeah. is to kind of inform the client where they're going wrong and where they're going right and well it's, it's, you're counting the number of three second views and how many yeah, through plays aren't you exactly and that, yeah. that, that sort of level is, is, is that you've got to explain that to a client who basically just wants someone to go and buy something yeah 100 percent. i mean um it's not the thing is with conversions it's not always about buying it's actually about just like sometimes just learning about a certain page for example or learning about a certain product it's not always about you know uh, that's when i first came in i was thought the perception of conversion is buying and selling mm -hmm. But it's not. It's actually quite interesting to kind of see how different companies have different objectives. Whether and they're working for likes or whether. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. And it's um, yeah, like I said, I've been working on like kind of like pacing reports, such as like kind of controlling and seeing how um, the campaign is actually how we're buying our kind of media space, and on Facebook as well. I like kind of seen again actual live metrics and seeing that's what's so good about the apprenticeship as well. We're seeing actual metrics for for real life clients. And that's what I think is such a great thing about this, you know, um, apprenticeship that you actually are seeing real life metrics, seeing real life um, kind of buying and selling. Yeah, and all this in a digital world. Let's get the microphone back to the yeah. other end because we need to explain how you can get involved with this course. If it is something that's already sounding interesting to you, we're looking at 16 through 24 year olds. Uh, yes. Um, in fact, our youngest apprentice is 17 mm -hmm. um, and I think our oldest is 24. So we are almost directly repli yeah, replicating that group. Um, I think. The key thing about this apprenticeship is um, this is our first cohort. Our plan is that we will recruit here each year somewhere between 20 and 35 uh, apprentices. And we're already looking at slightly different um, courses that we might want to bring in next year. Um, but at the end of each course, every apprentice has a full-time job, uh, assuming that they pass their apprenticeship, obviously. But, but, but they're being paid as they go along as well. Being paid while they learn. Because we normally hear the phrase internship in the digital world, which means basically doing a lot of work for nothing. Okay, learning something along the way, but not having someone who's got that direction and an end goal for you. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, this is, it is a properly paid job. Um, but you do have that opportunity to balance learning with, with earning. At the end of it, um, we will, uh, each individual will have a, have a full-time role mm -hmm. and we will then be setting up uh, the hub here to service our European clients. So if we roll forward three years, you could easily imagine that we'd have you know, probably 100 people at this site, mixture of apprentices and full-time um, full-time digital marketers. So if this is something interesting to anybody out there, what do they do next? So they can go to um, the website uh, and I would suggest that they go to the andpartnership.com or theacademy.uk 
or actually look at us on TikTok because we have a fantastic TikTok offering, I, I which has been created. Less, to be honest. Exactly, but it's been created by our apprentices um, who've only been with us for five weeks, but they have already established a very good, strong TikTok following. But, but no new dance crazes yet. No new dance crazes. That, that, that I don't could, know. Are there any new dance crazes that we need to know about? That could happen. No. no. Okay. We shall see. Well, <laughs> I mean, congratulations for everyone for getting involved in this in the first place. It sounds like a brilliant future path for all of you. And uh, yeah, it, it sounds like a, a brilliant opportunity for people from across the Midlands to be able to come in and be part of uh, a digital future. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for inviting me to the Custard Factory today. Not at all. Thank you. The rising cost of living is causing us to look for some interesting hacks and ways to make sure we save some cash. Somebody who's going to help us do that is Anthea Turner. Hello. Hello, Jason. So nice to be with you today. Well, good to talk to you. And uh, I mean, you're, you're known to me as a, a daredevil star of television. Uh, how come you're turning into household hacks? Oh, no, I did Perfect Housewife. I'm, well, yeah. I'm... I'm into cleaning and all these sort of things. I'm a Gemini, so, you know, all sorts of things. Um, I, whether it's jumping out of a helicopter on SAS or cleaning my carpet, cleaning my washing machine, that's me. Do you know, I think it's probably hit us all, really. And um, there's been some recent research that's been done by Dr. Beckman. And they're, uh, for anybody who doesn't know who they are, they're a product cleaning company that helps us maintain and look after our homes. And they've done quite extensive research and speaking to people about what is worrying them at the moment. And obviously we have the utilities list and everything else and our mortgage is going, but, but also then everybody starts to, even if you're just holding on there, you worry about your appliances going wrong, big ticket items, which are in your home. Mm -hmm. Because if one of those goes wrong, you know, you're into, it's like a wash, washing machines, by the way. I don't know about you, but if there was something in your home that if it went wrong, you would completely freak out, what, what would it be? It's, it's a washing machine or the cooker or in the fridge, but actually the freezer as well, because you've got all that yeah. stuff in the freezer that you've been planning to eat for the last three months and now you're going to get to it when you run out of money. Which is the top of your list, though? Um, I'm, I'm going to go washing machine because it's got, yeah. uh, it's got some interesting mould around the inside of the door. I'm going to ask you about it in a minute. You hold on a second. <laughs> You've got interesting molds. <laughs> we are definitely going to tackle that. Well, listen, everybody, you and over 50% of the nation worried about big ticket items and washing machines absolutely came out right at the very top. Because if you have to replace that, it's three to five hundred pounds. You know, you're not you're not going to get much. You got you can't get a cheap one, um, and that's literally the price that they are. And I think at the moment we just don't want these extra costs. So we go right the way back to basics. And if you look after your appliances, they will look after you. But I'm going to ask you this question, Jason. And because of what you've just told me, I've got a sneaky suspicion the answer you're going to give me. When was the last? Oh, by the way, how old is your washing machine? Oh, it's five years old. Okay, then, right. When was the last time you cleaned your drum? Well, I, I have used a bottle of drum cleaning stuff in the last six months, but it didn't have the desired effect. I need something better than the brand I won't mention. Okay, then. So a few things that you need to do here. So, you know, when you said you've got that mold and is it on the seal? It's, it's all just, on the just inside. It's, because I think yeah. because we wash at cooler temperatures these days, it doesn't get rid of things in the same way. So we do in our bit for the environment, but we're growing a whole new one just on that bit of rubber. 
Exactly. You are, yeah, it's a whole infrastructure there that's <laughs> growing there. You grow potatoes in it, as my dad <laughs> would say when I, he told me to clean my ears. Um, so if you imagine that what you can see, which is the, the crud, and it's a sort of unpleasant looking stuff, which is around the seal, Imagine what's going on inside it that you can't see because it's a sealed unit. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you pull the tray out and you look down that sort of hole where the tray has come from, often mm -hmm. it's a sort of grubby looking environment. Yes. Um, the, the, and I do, I do clean it yeah. out. I do clean that bit I, out. And because I, I found USB memory sticks and all sorts in there. <laughs> But really what you do need to do, you know, I had a washer that lasted me for 26 years and she she went this year. She spanned her last spin oh. this year, but 26 years. So she, she'd done me, she'd done me proud. And I really did look after her. And if you think uh, once every, you know, it depends how much you're using your washer, but I would say on an average, once every two months, you need to clean the washing machine out. And this is how you do it. Um, you put it at, dare I say, 60 degrees. Mm -hmm. You have to put it at 60 degrees to start to kill a lot of the bacteria and stuff that's in there. You can use products that go inside it. And if you go to the Dr. Beckman website, which is dr-beckman.co.uk, they will give you products that will help you. They don't shy away from saying, of course, you can use white vinegar, you can put soda crystals in, but you do sometimes need something which is a little more powerful. And they do one which has a charcoal in it. And if you think of charcoal as an extractor, you know, we put it in face masks. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it, 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 it can be used as a catalyst as well, can't it? So it gives a surface where you can take things away. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> this, you're, you're, you're enjoying this. I know, I can tell. So, so you do need to clean it. Now, you also need to get a cloth and you need to get your fingers and put a cloth over the top and you've actually got to get into that seal because if you carry on not wiping the seal, it will eventually start to disintegrate. Mm -hmm. And the problem is you can get them replaced, but somebody has to come out and do it. And that costs half the price of a washer now. Mm -hmm. Um, so let, let's try and preserve the seal. And this goes for seals on uh, dishwashers, a lot of people forget to clean around those as well. And you see these rotting seals. Uh, you end up getting rid of the dishwasher because it's a, such a big problem to replace it. So I, I would say anybody who is listening now, clean your drum. If you don't already clean it, clean your drum. Do it once every couple of months. Do it absolutely at 60 degrees. And you're right, because we have been washing at, at a lower temperature but you do need to do a 60 degree wash. Now, people will say, oh, well, you know, it, it costs such a lot of money to do a 60 degree wash, but we looked into this. And I asked that very same question to the team at Dr. Beckman. And we looked at the numbers and for a wash, uh, you know, a full load, it's actually only 24p. That's for an hour at 60 degrees. So whilst you're doing that as a one-off to clean the machine, that's not a problem. If you're doing that every wash, it's going to add up. But as a, yeah, as a, as a do everything yeah. cool normally and then do that to make sure that we're okay and we can clean the machine down and we don't end up with nasties living on our washing, that's the way to do it. Exactly. You should be working for Dr. Beckman. <laughs> you should be there as one of their flag wavers. <laughs> but you think of all the other big ticket items that we've got you know things that can go wrong from fridges to and then you look at just cleaning things you know we it's really important you, you think of carpets flooring upholstery 
you know, if you get a mark on it, deal with it and deal with it really quickly. Most marks, even red wine, can be removed without a trace if you deal with it straight away. You've you never been known to spill red wine, though, have you? <gasps> no, because it all goes down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> It's like people who buy these interesting bottle stops to put in, in red wine. You think, a bottle stop for red wine? <laughs> There's never any left. <laughs> red wine is so lovely. Always it's drink responsibly. Favorite. Always drink responsibly. Yeah, absolutely. It is my favourite. Do you know the healthiest one that you can choose? Because it has polyphenols in it, which are really good for your immune system. Um, not obviously an entire bottle, but a, a couple of glasses there. Um, but the, the healthiest red wine, in fact, one of the, the healthiest drinks you can have is Pinot Noir. Because it, it tends to be young. It doesn't have the same sugar content that something like a Merlot has. Mm -hmm. And obviously packed with goodness and that's what's keeping you young isn't it yeah, absolutely so what you're going to do tonight is you're <laughs> going to pick your washer on a 60 degree you've got an hour and you're going to open yourself a nice bottle of pinot noir <laughs> around <laughs> sounds like a brilliant way of doing it but uh, these tips and so much more are available online aren't they yeah, they are. You know, the Dr. Beckman website is a really good website. And why I love them is because they give you tips as well, and even tips about things that they don't sell. So they're very open about, they, they want people to have clean homes. And you know, when people say to me, and I've, I mean, I, I obviously I, I, I did quite a few programs when I was doing Anthea Turner Perfect Housewife, and which is, it was sort of tongue in cheek, but it was packed with take home. And I do enjoy a clean, efficient home. And the reason I enjoy that is because it's life just becomes so much easier. And you know, when people, people often say to me, they say, oh, the, the, I'm, um, I'm messy, but I'm clean. And I go, I, 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 I get what you're trying to say to me, but you can't clean round mess. Yeah. So the, the, I once did this lady's bathroom and I remember going into her bathroom and she says, oh, and I said, when's the last time you cleaned this bathroom properly? Oh, she says, it just takes me ages to clean this bathroom. Well, that's because she can't. And I counted 21 different products around the bath and on shelves in the bathroom. So every time she cleaned, she had to pick things up, clean underneath them, pick something up, clean underneath them. And you think, no, just make it easy. And I made her this really, you know, threw lots of things away, of course. And got containers to put things in and cleaning the bathrooms 10 minutes and when's the best time to clean the bathroom when you're in it preferably <laughs> because you can clean in the shower yeah that's that's the way <laughs> and that's left me with an image which will be there for a good while <laughs> um but me what where else can we see you up to stuff at the moment what you got on the way well um we've just uh, we've just re reprinted funny you should mention it um my uh my book my new book which was out earlier in the year but we had to go into a reprint which was um how to age well the secret mm -hmm. uh and i've just done a lovely thing for netflix to promote the crown the, the new series of the crown uh, because if you will remember um that i made tracy island mm -hmm. on blue peter i do so for netflix i've made buckingham palace out of a few cardboard boxes <laughs> And it's tremendous. Go onto my Instagram, you'll see it. Uh, we work really hard on it and it looks great. Can you imagine the amount of washing machines they must have at Buckingham Palace? It'd be amazing. I bet oh. they're very clean, but there we go. You love to go down to the laundry area of Buckingham Palace. <laughs> I would. Well, we'll, we'll leave different. you with that fantasy. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'll thank you very much, Anthea Turner, for joining us. Thank you, Jason.
After an exceptionally successful season one, season two of Nub TV has already launched on Sky Channel 186. To tell us more, I'm joined now by Mark Lee. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. I hope we find you well and excited by your second outing. It is exciting, yeah. The first series went really well, uh, and it seems like this year we've taken it to another level, which is which is great. Last time we spoke, uh, you, you were really looking forward to the show. Lots of great paranormal stuff there, mm. and some amazing music. It's it's a weird eclectic mix. It's so <laughs> weird they even moved the channel you're on down four channels since the last time we spoke. Yeah, it is quite weird, and it's got a little bit of controversy. But uh, and this series is set to be even weirder and wilder. You'll be seeing some re-emerging guests who will follow up on what they told you first season, but also loads of brand new ones too. Absolutely, uh, we've got some interesting uh, subjects. We've got TikTok time travelers, mm. uh, which is a fascinating uh, watch. <laughs> it's mostly people in mobile phones in the nineteen thirties. I'm going to guess. Uh, well, no, it's actually these people who claim to come to the future. Oh, and right. They post, and they post videos on TikTok saying humanity is doomed unless you do this and that. And uh, it's stuff you could probably guess anyway. <laughs> I'm a, I'm You're not debunking guess. already, are you? <laughs> we do debunk uh, quite quite a bit of it, especially the TikTok time travellers. I mean, I'm, I'm sure pretty a lot of it is just kids on, on, on mobile phones. <laughs> uh, really. <laughs> but it's interesting. But we have got some serious stuff. We've got the uh, program on the English Bigfoot, which not many people are aware of. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, everyone knows about Sas- Sasquatch in North America uh, and the Yeti. Uh, but there's actually uh, quite some credible evidence about a similar sort of cryptid uh, ape-like being in, in, in the UK. We'll be intrigued by that one. That, uh, whereabouts? Where are we thinking here? Well, actually, the epicenter <laughs> of where there's been most uh, sightings is Box Hill in Surrey. Oh, right. Is, is a, you know, I, I would imagine it'd be like Snowdonia or Highlands of Scotland, but no, Box Hill in Surrey. So Okay. With the French on top. So... <clears throat> Lots of great stuff on there and amazing music as well. And I've been watching the trails. I haven't had a chance to catch up yet because the first episode has gone out. We can get that online as well now, can't we? Yeah, it is online. Just have a look for Nub TV. But but I've been watching the trail. And where on earth do you get your music from? Because this, again, is another amazing eclectic mix. It's mostly music on our our own record label, Nub. Uh, It's from bands that we know and bands that we love. Uh, so there's an eclectic uh, roster that we do have, mm-hmm. everything from kind of world music to rap to punk to singer songwriter. So, I mean, it's just stuff that we like and it's a little bit quirky, I guess, is, is, is what we love on Nub. It's all part of the Nub brand, which is what counts. And are the pocket gods on Nub or is that something that you've got elsewhere? Yeah, no, we are on. That's why we started Nub in the Aha. first place because we... Uh, <laughs> We got offered lots of dodgy record deals back in the day, and I thought, oh, okay, well, let's just set our own label up and uh, do it, do it nicely. So it's a nice kind of community cooperative feel that we have on Nub with the bands that come on, and uh, they they keep their own copyright. We don't own anything, uh, so we just kind of enable bands really to to get to the next level. That's what we do at Nub. And there's quite a story to tell about the Pocket Gods at the moment, isn't there? There is, yeah. And we've actually we actually do have a film coming out. <clears throat> Uh, we've been campaigning for a long time for fairer royalties from streaming uh, with a series of 30 second song albums. Um, you know, it, people say this is Spotify protest, but it's not just Spotify, but there's a lack of decent royalties, really, of fair royalties for 
for artists. Uh, so we've been campaigning since 2015 for that. This is kind of campaign has culminated in the release of our latest album, uh, which is one copy only on vinyl on sale for a million pounds in our local record shop. There's only one copy and it's yours for a million pounds. Okay. Well, we'll check for people looking down the back of the sofa to find some extra cash <laughs> to go towards that. But there, there's, a, yeah. as you say, there's a serious side to this. It's not just about getting someone to pay a million quid, which is probably the most that's ever been paid for a brand new release record. Uh, so I'm hoping there's a good record in itself with the record, but uh, it, it's equally about being able to set up a fairer streaming service too. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not just going to blow the money uh, and go to the Bahamas or somewhere nice and hot. We're, we're going to use the money to invest in an ethical streaming service, like you said, uh, which will pledge to pay artists at least one penny per stream, uh, which doesn't sound much, but it's 50 times what Spotify pays. But it also ties in with the number of times you might play a physical single when you buy it to get that sort of return. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're trying to get people to value music a bit more. Uh, because since the internet, people expect music for free or for very, very little. And music comes from somewhere. Someone creates it. Someone puts a lot of time and effort into creating it. So why shouldn't we be paying a, a, a decent amount? Well, yeah, I mean, particularly when you look at what we pay for even a CD. You know, you go and physically buy a CD <laughs> and it'll be less than you would have paid for it when CDs first came out. In 1988, we were buying the 83, I think it was launched, wasn't it? But certainly yeah. you'd be paying less than then, certainly less than sometimes during the 90s. Yet mm -hmm. the fact is the currency is now worth so much more, you're probably paying about a third of the price at the most that you've ever paid for something like that. Yeah, I know. And it's a real issue. Uh, I mean, the good news is Apple Music's just put up its subscription rates for the first time in about four years so hopefully some of that will go towards paying artists fingers uh, crossed but yeah. we're hoping for the sale of this one million pound album yeah because uh, yeah, yeah, checks for that or is it got to be cash <laughs> well probably bank transfers i mean we if anyone's serious about buying it they can go into the record shop uh the record shop will then call me and i can provide bank details which will go into the nub company bank account because these you know it's got to be properly done uh but it's interesting because you raised the question of coming in with cash. There's a similar record that was released a couple of years back by the Wu-Tang Clan, mm -hmm. a hip-hop American collective, really, really good band. They did their final album, one copy only, for $2 million. Okay, Someone bought it. Okay, This person who bought it was a bit dodgy. They're now in jail. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and this uh, record is a proceed of crime. So the US government technically owns the world's most expensive record. So, yeah, there you go. That, so we'll that sounds like a full article on Nub TV to me, that one. Yeah, not a bad idea. I like that, yeah. We shall see. So, uh, obviously, lots to talk about. So let's let's start getting some web details, and we'll talk channel details too. So let's start with the Pocket Gods and the the music that's out there and, of course, the location of that record shop to nip into with your cash. Or, sure, or, yeah. The or, pocket... your, or your bank card. <laughs> the Pocket Gods is the pocketgods.com okay, website. We're on social media. It's easy to find us. Uh, the TV show goes out Tuesday nights at nine o'clock on Sky 186 every Tuesday for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. uh, so check that out. Uh, we're also on social media as well. So Nub TV, you can find us. And uh, yeah, drop us a note and let us know what weird stuff you want us to talk about. And season three will no doubt be not too far away. 
we've already started season three so yeah it's even, it gets even weirder the more we do and we're gonna we've got a christmas special as well oh no please tell me you don't debunk santa claus no, not at all. Why would I do that? That's my kids good. Okay, that's a good one. I say it too loud. <laughs> Have a brilliant time with it all. Enjoy yeah, it, keeping it going. We we certainly enjoy seeing you on screen. Mark Christopher Lee, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. That's it all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 700 next week. I'll see you then. For half an hour. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.